We are so grateful during our choir's annual July uh, summer sabbatical that our hearts and souls are centered and lifted by the solos each week, for which we're all so deeply thankful. The peace of our Lord be with you. God has made known to us the mystery of His will, a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. Those words from today's epistle passage say that the ultimate will and plan of God is to gather up all things in Christ. The whole creation, everybody, and everything, eventually, someday, in the fullness of time, gathered up in Christ. A massive verse of Scripture which sounds a lot like Colossians 1.20. Through Christ, God was pleased to reconcile to Himself all things on earth and in heaven. Which sounds a lot like 2 Corinthians 5.19. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself which sounds a lot like 1 Corinthians 15, 22. As in Adam, all die, so in Christ, all will be made alive. Not to mention John 12, 32, where Jesus says, When I am lifted up, I will draw all people unto myself. And of course, Revelation 5.13, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing forever to the one who is seated on the throne. A joyful, hopeful, bright-winged, grace-filled thread woven throughout the fabric of Scripture, emerging here and there, a small stream of big verses, each of which says that the ultimate will and plan of God is for the whole world to be gathered up in Christ. I cannot speak for you, but as for me, in the religious world of my origins, we did not do much with those passages of Scripture which say that the ultimate will of God is for all to be reconciled, redeemed, and eventually 
at home with God. It sounded to us, I imagine, too much like universalism. And so, despite the fact that we did say that we believe that every word in the Bible was inspired and infallible and authoritative for all time, we just didn't do much with those verses. In fact, I honestly don't think I knew any of those verses were in the Bible until I discovered them for myself uh, as an adult. We, in the religious world of my origins, a world I love and for which I'm deeply grateful, put more weight on verses such as John 3.16 and John 3.18 and Romans 10.9. Places in the Bible where ultimately everything hinges for all of eternity on what we choose to believe about Jesus, not what God did through Jesus. This morning's lesson from the book of Ephesians and all of those other verses which sound like it tell us that God's plan of salvation is that ultimately in the fullness of time all people, the whole creation will be gathered up in Christ. We put more weight on our plan of salvation, which assigns ultimate authority to human free will. So we focused our interest and attention and passion on those places in the Bible which make what we do or do not believe the ultimate and eternal deciding factor. Places in the Bible where God's ultimate will takes an eternal backseat to human free will. That is a view of ultimate reality which is held by many dear and good Christians. Therefore, it may be right and it might be true, but the longer I live, the more I wonder, does God never get what God wants? Not even in heaven? Will the will of God never be done? Not even in heaven where it is God's ultimate will that all of creation be gathered up, gathered in, gathered round, 
and gathered home. I'm sometimes struck by the fact that 52 Sunday mornings a year, we pray for the will of God to be done on earth as fully and completely as it is done in heaven. But if all are not ultimately reconciled and redeemed and healed and whole and home, then the will of God will never be done. Not only on earth, not even in heaven. Because according to this morning's epistle passage, the ultimate will of God is that all things will be gathered up in Christ, redeemed, reconciled, healed, whole, and whole. Of course, given the atrocities and injustices which crush spirits and destroy lives, every day throughout the world, that kind of ultimate fullness of time, universal redemption would require a serious judgment between here and there. A serious judgment and a purging hell where the truth is finally owned, victims are finally faced, reconciliation is reached truthfully, grace is received and mercy is given. All in what this morning's epistle passage calls the fullness of time, the fullness of time, which I suppose could take hundreds or thousands or even millions of years, but which would eventually lead to the eternal triumph of the love and grace of God. The everlasting victory of what this morning's epistle passage tells us is the ultimate will and plan of God. That all things be gathered up in Christ. Leslie Weatherhead, remember the name of Leslie Weatherhead? Great pastor in England, who helped shepherd the city of London through the sorrows of World War II. Leslie Weatherhead once said, we Protestants have rejected the only understanding of hell that makes any sense. 
And he waited until he retired from his Baptist church to say that, but he did nonetheless say it. We Protestants have rejected the only view of hell that has a point, that makes sense, where hell is a judgment we go through, not an endless torment we go to. I cannot speak for you, but as for me, it seems right that since we are the children of God, we should at least want what God wants. It seems to me that that, that might be the most basic thing we could do. As children of God who love God, it seems right and reasonable that we could at least want what God wants. We could at least hope that in the fullness of time, the ultimate will of God might at last be fully done in heaven of all places. Seems right and good and reasonable for all of the children of God to at least want what God wants which is for all to be gathered up, gathered in, and gathered home. The whole world reconciled to God through the cross of Christ. Every time I go down Highway 49 and I see that cross in the parking lot at Barry's All-You-Can-Eat Catfish, I've been reading about that cross. It is over 200 feet tall, 60-something feet wide, and more than 28 tons. And every time I drive by it, you know what I think? Way too small. Way too small. If indeed God was reconciling the world, every person of every time and place, if indeed God was reconciling the world to God's self through what God did in Christ in some way none of us can begin to explain or understand, then you can't make a cross big enough to point to the massiveness of what God did in Christ. Because God's ultimate will and biggest plan is for all to be gathered up, gathered in, and gathered home somehow, some way, somewhere, someday. In the beautiful, joyful, eventual, eternal fullness of time, all things gathered up in Christ. The final, eventual, 
eternal triumph of God's greatest hope, deepest desire, ultimate will, and original plan. Every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, singing forever to the one on the throne who is the one who planned from the beginning for that to be the ending. Amen.